Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, this is Josh Kennedy from the Black Moods, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff here. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. You can check out this podcast and all our fine music podcasts uh, from the Pantheon family all over Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, this is episode 139. I'm calling this the next Def Leppard. I'm amazed. This is another one of these episodes where I'm amazed I haven't done this before because I've always had this thought in my mind and I thought I did it and I went back and looked through all the notes and did a word search in my notes documents for Def Leppard and all the bands we're going to talk about here and realized, wait, hey, I haven't, I haven't done this one yet. Um, so this is pretty cool. And what also got me thinking about this was the Contrarians episode uh, Tim Derling and myself did recently on Def Leppard Hysteria. So it got, got me thinking about the whole Def Leppard debate. Um, so this is, a, we've done a few of these next uh, episodes. We did a Led Zeppelin one. I can't remember who else. We also did some family ones, right? ACDC family, Motorhead family, I think we've done. Uh, but this is about the idea of uh, you know, the bands that were uh, thought to be taking the mantle of Def Leppard. And there's kind of a cool concept in this because possibly there could be an episode here as well, but this idea of the next in general. Uh, with some of these bands, because I think of something like Queensryche, uh, people needed a next Queensryche, so we got Fate's Warning. It it kind of felt a little bit that way. It's like it's like when one band is kind of diluting the gene pool sort of thing. Uh, we want we want another one kind of the same. There were a bunch of next ACDCs at, at one point. Uh, not not that they ever kind of changed what they were doing, but in this case, uh, this is a very interesting case because. What we've got here are bands that are doing the next Def Leppard of, of various eras. And we're going to talk about how that sort of works out as we do this. Uh, but, you know, basically the reason we even need a next Def Leppard or, or bands think, hey, I'd like to do a next Def Leppard is just this idea when you see a band that excites you and gets famous and uh, and is doing some cool things and you you know for for good motivations and for more kind of mercenary motivations you want to copy what they're doing the good motivations is you love the creativity and the idea of what Def, Le Def Leppard possibly did on through the night or high and dry or pyromania 
and you essentially get uh, get these bands inspired by Def Leppard. And this happened in, in the grunge movement as, as well. We could po- possibly do a whole episode on that. Um, one other funny thing about this episode, though. I really want to do that, the Geronimo Riff episode. But I have a feeling that I'm going to get a lot of pushback of even just using the name Geronimo to describe these riffs that I kind of think are, uh, you know, I've talked about this in various places, this idea of um, Native Americans. See, I can't even use Indians probably in the episode, right? So so the idea of, um, you know, and you think of Geronimo, I'm, I'm saying as a great warrior, and then you think of the Atlanta Braves and all that kind of thing and all that controversy. But that idea, I have to bring this up here because there's this idea of this, uh, of this cowboys and Indians uh, you know, you think of the old movies, the music, the war dance music, the idea of, uh, you know, I mean, the, main, the, the, the key example of this, I've often said, you know, Tony Iommi does this a lot, uh, but the key example is the intro to uh, Rock and Roll Doctor on Technical Ecstasy. I mean, that's, that's almost literally um, Native American music, melodically speaking. I bring this up because... Oddly enough, I have said this before, that Def Leppard uh, are uh, are sort of uh, uh, practitioners of the Geronimo riff sort of thing. So you're going to hear that uh, throughout this throughout this episode because I've picked pieces of these songs and songs in general and bands in general that that have this Def Leppard melodic guitar sense, which. You know, I'm sure this is not where they got it, but it's a guitar sense that has a very Scandinavian feel feel to it. And surprise, some of these bands are going to be Scandinavian. Uh, so let's uh, let's go through this. We're going to do this chronologically. So this episode is the next Def Leppard, episode 139. So the idea is that these bands I remember at the time were hailed as, or I personally thought, or they could have been. Uh, you know, the the second coming of Def Leppard or a band that possibly, uh, you know, rode in on the coattails of, of what Def Leppard had put together with those those fine first three albums. We won't talk about the fourth one. All right. So here we go. Take a listen to our first track. This is Highway Child with Handing You Over. All right, man, I love this album. We've featured Highway Child a couple times uh, on this podcast. We featured them, I think, on the Boy, Those uh, Electronic Drums Sound Good episode. Uh, somewhere else, I can't remember why, uh, possibly the the um, the Swedish, but they're not Swedish. So I'm, I'm not sure where else we've, we've put them in. But I love this band. They, they were only good for... Essentially, this absolutely drop-dead classic of a debut album called Storybook Heroes in 1983. Then they had that for the Wild and Lonely EP, which is amazing as well. And uh, and then they did one other album, Rockorama 85. So the interesting thing here is, okay, so let's talk about this album first of all. This album really sounds like 
absolutely rowdy, drunken party version of High and Dry crossed with a little bit of On Through the Night. There's not really any pyromania to this. It's it's big, bold, distorted, redlined, um, you know, bottom end analog production sounds. Absolute swagger, but definitely it has those um, frost core, as I call them, those Swedish those Geronimo riffs, uh, but this is a Dutch band. They're from Netherlands, right? Um, and this, this, I love the vocals. This is uh, Armand van der Stiegel on vocals, Eric Fink on bass, Ernst van E on drums, Ben Blau on guitars, Ronald uh, Bauker on guitars. So they got the big twin guitar sound. Very Def Leppard, I think, to this. Um, but the other interesting thing here is when they go into that EP, they experiment with the electronic drums, which I think sounds fantastic on there. And you can go listen to that other episode on that. And then when you get to the Rockarama album, so this is 1985, they really, really, really. Uh, go for an inspiration from Pyromania, essentially, uh, on that one. So I find that really interesting. First of all, they're almost... I mean, Storybook Heroes is better than any Def Leppard album, uh, but it it is it is sort of uh, an album that feels like it has an inspiration from High and Dry, I imagine. But then Rockarama feels like it has an inspiration from Pyromania. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, now we're going to talk about exactly the same kind of story. Um, so here you go. Take a listen to this. This is Heavy Petten with Love on the Run. All right, so from the Letting Loose debut album, 1983, again, we have a situation here. This is a band from Glasgow. We have a situation here with a band that goes from a sound that seems to be inspired by uh, the High and Dry album uh, era of the band. Um, this was a great album. So so uh, this, this also... This definitely was a band that was heralded as the next Def Leppard. There was a lot of kind of stock put into them. This album was produced by Brian May, where we find that there, just to make sure I'm pretty, yeah, there we go. Brian May and Mac, right? So this is this is a, a, a bit of a, a bit of a Mac slap to the sound here. It's really raw and in your face and mid-rangey. Um, but I think it's just a great album full of awesome sort of anthems, stadium rock, arena rock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I remember at the time when, when this band came out, there were all sorts of like 12-inch singles done for these bands. I think there were shaped picture discs. One of the classic things, there's a great live shot on the back of, uh, I, you know, the, there's a couple different covers of this. And in fact, uh, yeah, that's right. So so the Canadian the Canadian issue is actually just called Heavy Petten, but but it's called Letting Loose and it has a lousier cover over there um, in the UK. But so the Canadian edition, I don't know, this this might be on the UK as well. There's this great live shot on the back where Hamey, the lead vocalist, looks like Joe Elliott and the rest of the band looks like Sav and the guys too, uh, Phil Collin. I mean, it's just a really cool composed live shot. You know, their hands in the air, you know, it's it's really shaped well. It's a great live picture, but, but they look like Def Leppard and they sound like Def Leppard they've got the big the big vaulted vocals uh as well um and this is just a good heavy 
like I say, it, it really very much like the Highway Child, like a drunken, high and dry sort of album. An absolute classic. Uh, but the interesting thing, thing here is that they follow up with an album called Rock Ain't Dead. Now, when you get to that, uh, Pyromania has now been out. And essentially, this feels like it's got the inspiration, like they're getting it in their heads that people think we're the baby Def Leppard or the next Def Leppard. And they make a record, which is also very good. It's a, it's a good album. But this is 1985 at this point. And... You know, Def Leppard is is not following up Pyromania by 1985, so this really does uh, fill the gap uh, right in between, and it's got those big, big slapping drum sounds again, and the big vocal harmonies. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think what you've got here. I, one of the funny things about this band is they've got a guitarist called Punky Mendoza. Um, uh, so you know, which which reminds you of Mark Mendoza and Punky Meadows, right? Um, yeah, Gordon Bonner on guitar, Brian Waugh on bass, Gary Mode on drums. But yeah, Hamey is just this really cool, a lot of personality and dimension to his voice. And uh, yeah, you look at the pictures of the guys; they basically look like Def Leppard. Same kind of hair, same kind of clothes. Uh, there's a there's kind of a neat inner sleeve in this. So I thought that was interesting that this one and Highway Child have very much the same sort of uh, life cycle of these bands. And uh, one last thing to mention is is because there was a Highway Child and a Heavy Petten, you know, Child is like child, but, you know, an E instead of the D kind of thing, right? Heavy Petten leaves off the G and it's got the apostrophe. So there were these H bands, right? The other H band uh, we all talked about at the time was Hellenbach, which was the baby Van Halen. Uh, they were like a new wave of British heavy metal, just kind of scrappy, not as good, of course. But there were these H bands just the same way in the hair metal area. You got the winger warrants and your white snakes, right? Um, all right. Uh, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's betterhelp.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right. Let's move on to our third selection here. Again, you're going to find a very, very similar situation to what's going on here. Take a listen to this. This is 220 volt with beat of a heart. Take a listen to this, 220 volt. All 
All right, so 220 volt. This is from Eye to Eye, 1988. This is a band from Ostersund, Sweden. Very similar life cycle, like I was saying. Um, but you know, we're we're up to 1988 now, man. I. I literally wanted to not even do this episode and just sit back and listen to the majesty that is 220 volt. That's your homework assignment for this episode. Man, 220 volt is incredible, especially uh, the the self-titled debut, 220 volt 1983, Power Games 1984, and then the absolutely immense Mind Over Muscle from 1985. So there's a big gap here to 1988. And I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say you're going to really feel, uh, you know, the sense of a baby Def Leppard or the next Def Leppard out of those first three albums. They're really heavy. They're really frostcore. They're really, really Swedish sounding. Uh, you know, they remind me that they, they feel like they should be in that hallowed hall uh, along with the first Europe album. But when you get to eye to eye, you see you see the band kind of really cleaning up and getting more melodic and more mellow. They're not particularly Def Leppard. They're not particularly Geronimo riffy. Um, but you definitely feel that, uh, this is a band that could have a little bit of that, um, a bit of that baby Def Leppard and even, even the potential to be as big as a Def Leppard because they're incredibly, incredibly talented. This is Jock Lundholm on lead vocals, you know, doesn't really sound very much like Joe Elliott, but I think you, you feel like there is the, um, there's the framework here. And the other reason I wanted to include 2020 volt, but again, the main reason is I want you to go play those albums. Uh, you know, for you, for those of you who are on Spotify, surprisingly, this is a band because they were on CBS, it's, but local CBS but maybe just because of that or because the band is really kind of like smart and paying attention. Uh, all this stuff is on Spotify. I'm very amazed, but you can hear the first, the second, you can hear Mind Over Muscle, you can hear this Eye to Eye. You can hear all of these albums in full on Spotify. So go start with Mind Over Muscle. It will blow your mind. It is so cool and so heavy. Um, but the other reason I wanted to bring up 220 Volt is because uh, they remind me of a little bit of the life cycle of Europe. So if we want to keep it Swedish, you've got Europe that starts off this, with this real sort of heavy frost core sound. Um, but by the time you get to the final countdown, you know, this is a band when when I, because I couldn't find anybody thinking uh, along this line of the ne next Def Leppard. I mean, every time I, I would look on the internet and see, okay, bands that sound like Def Leppard, and it, it is is really they just mentioned a bunch of hair metal bands right but the one band that has a little bit of a smart dimensionality to it is the comparison to europe and i think europe uh feels a little bit like uh the next Def leopard in that in that they're coming to this hair metal thing with a bit of a bit of euro to them which i think is exactly what Def leopard does um they only they're only from Sheffield. They're not they're not from Sweden. They're not you know, they're not from they're not Dutch. They're not Belgian. Um, but still Def Leppard somehow. I don't know where they got it because they'll they will never cop to any influences that make you think it should come from there. But when you get to high and dry and you get to pyromania, there's definitely those Euro ep, uh the influences, which also, again, I, I call the Geronimo riff, right? Uh, okay, let's take a listen to our fourth selection here. This is Black and Blue with Rockin' on Heaven's Door. They say All right. 
love Black and Blue, especially the first two albums. I, th- I think they got a little... Well, actually, a funny thing is, I mean, they, they also adopted a few of those techie, high-tech, you know, big reverby, big bottom-end, uh, but, but with a cut to them drum sounds uh, on the next two albums. Nasty, nasty, and in heat. But on these first ones, they're a little more analog. But I definitely, definitely feel that there's a little bit of a baby Def Leppard or next Def Leppard to these guys. I love this Rockin' on Heaven's Door uh, song. The surprising thing about this band is that the second album, so this is August 27th, 85. Did I mention they're from Portland, Oregon? Kind of a weird thing. Just like Matthew T. McCourt from Wild Dogs, right? Um, But uh, this second album was quite a bit kind of more melodic and and poppier than the debut but the weird thing is is i loved it more uh, i just think there's so much personality to this record the first one's amazing as well but there is a feel of that baby deaf leopard uh this sort of on a on more of a um on more of a, a hallowed and esteemed hair metal path than other hair metal bands i guess that's a way that that's another dimension to deaf leopard which is kind of interesting but this record um it's recorded with bruce fairburn um recording at little mountain mushroom and ocean so so they're in Vancouver, and there is the story that Bon Jovi kind of discovered this go to Vancouver and try harder and work with Bruce Fairburn situation because they admired the sound that Bruce got on this on this uh, black and blue album. The album's called Without Love, which is a pretty weird kind of nondescript uh you know an an odd title uh f- for for an album. The album cover is very abstract, but I just, I just think these guys should have been huge. This is one of those, uh, I can't believe they weren't bigger than they were. I, I have a feeling that both of those first two albums, you know, are pushing gold. They almost probably got gold. I don't know why. Um, it would be an interesting sort of analysis of why this band didn't get better. Um, but, you know, in, in Jamie St. James, you've got, a, you've got a, a lead singer who people thought looked like a young version of D Snyder, which was always kind of funny. And Tommy Thayer, of course, uh, is the famous member of this band who went on to kiss. Uh, but this is a fantastic album. And, uh, and I think in Jamie, you actually get a little bit of a Joe Elliott, uh, thespian feel and voice, um, to, to what he's doing. But you listen to this record, you get a little bit of the, uh, the idea that, um, they're mixing melody with a good knowledge of, uh, of early heaviness. Um, not so much the, uh, the Scandinavian thing to it. Uh, but, but you do get a few flashes of that sort of brilliance. You definitely get, um, you know, the, the, the Pete Willis, Steve Clark, uh, sort of, uh, guitar dual thing happening, that kind of heroic sound again, I'm moving over to the Geronimo riff sort of idea, but, but no, this is, this is just a, a really fantastic, well put together album full of personalities. Go play it. It's called Without Love. All right, let's move on. So, um, let's play our fifth selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Tesla with Freedom Slaves. All right, this is from my favorite Tesla album. 
uh, Psychotic Supper. Um, I really have uh, quite a fondness for Busted Nut as well. A lot of people really like the first two, but I find the productions on the first two a little too corporate. I think they really kind of hit their stride with Psychotic Supper. Um, so this is an interesting situation. Uh, and in fact, uh, this means that all five of our bands have this in common, which is really weird. Um, but Tesla are a band that early on had the had the fire and the might and the excitement of the high and dry era Def Leppard. Now, the funny thing about Tesla is that they're operating way later. So when they're doing Mechanical Resonance, 1988, uh, sorry, 1986, right? Yes, 86. Uh, Great Radio Controversy, 89. Uh, Psychotic Supper is 91. Bust Nut is 94. So, so Bust Nut, even though it happens to be up into the grunge era, is is basically a, a psychotic supper t uh, part two i i love it i think it's great but then then they don't have anything new for another 10 years after that and then well we'll get into this in a minute but um so the interesting thing is that they they didn't fall for any of the of the uh the hysteria tricks which i hate i i hate hysteria obviously i'm kind of famous for calling it a zero out of ten uh and i don't like animal eyes either i don't like anything about def leppard after you know after or let's say during those two albums, let's leave it at that for now. But um, the interesting thing is Tesla, they're from Sacramento. So they're, they're not from in the cauldron of all that. Maybe that helped. They have quite a long, a long um, past as well, going back to the city kids day and all that, or city kid, is it? Uh, anyways, they, um, so, so what's admirable, uh, admirable about them is they were always looked upon as one of the one of the better more thoughtful more intellectual uh hair metal bands just doing things right uh it always felt like just like Def Leppard during high high and dry that they had wisdom beyond their years uh, uh you know in terms of of being a great heavy metal band but the but the funny thing about Tesla okay so first of all Let's uh, let's st stick with Psychotic Supper for a moment. There is the Song and Emotion song, uh, and and that is in tribute to Steve Clark from Def Leppard, who died, right? And in that one, you really hear. I I almost went for that one in terms of a sample, but um, you you really hear the uh, the Geronimo riff, the Def Leppard riff thing. So you really get to see what I'm talking about there, because here they are intentionally doing something very Def Leppard like. I wanted to play Freedom Slaves because you get the big vaulted vocal uh, situation going on in that one as well. But the crazy thing about Tesla is that all the way up into 2019, so years and years and years later, and simplicity to some some extent, they they almost have bought into the caricature caricature of themselves as the baby Def Leppard so much and touring with Def Leppard and things like that, where um, they decided to actually try to do pop music like later Def Leppard. So not only is there the poppiness and the lightness of late Def Leppard, which is a weird thing. I mean, no one copies that because it just seems like a career kiss of death. Um, but Tesla went and did that. And they also adopted some of Def Leppard's uh, high-tech, uh, you know, drum production things. So Simplicity and Shock, and more so Shock, I suppose, um, are pretty bad albums. Um, it really kind of hurts... Uh, for me to say that because I love Tesla so much and I just feel that, um, you know, they really never got much better than they were on Psychotic Supper and Busted Nut. I mean, some of that that middle stuff is good. There's the there's the uh, covers albums as well in there. Um, 
But simplicity and shock, I'm not crazy about. And uh, and yeah, they really did get a lot of stick for that whole um, that whole. Believe it or not, we're going to try to copy that era of Def Leppard. And that reminds me of something. Remember back uh, in the old days when, um, you know, Crocus loved ACDC so much. So they say, so they, you know, from whatever the heck they were on that, on those weird first couple of albums, they, they kind of became inspired by ACDC so much to be like the baby ACDC. And then, and then you get to, um, to headhunter and uh you know they they toured with uh toured with priest and they said oh we want to be kind of like a judas priest band so there's some there's some kind of ott double bass drum and speed medley kind of things on there so on that one they're a little bit like judas priest and then you get into their quote-unquote hair metal years and they have now been inspired by def leppard because they toured with def leppard so there's kind of a funny a funny adjunct to this i you know i would never i i would never call crocus the next def leppard or even say they ever really played much like Def Leppard, but I thought I thought that's a funny uh, adjunct uh, to this whole thing. All right, there we go. Uh, hope you liked this episode. If you did like this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi Rhymes with No Fee uh, dot com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. On that front, this week I would like to thank Anders Berglund, Joe Becht at Bel Air Expediting. He's been a regular on our Contrarians Patreon supporting uh, supporters panels lately. That's been a lot of fun uh, here. Joe's point of views on that and we've been doing a lot of those dark horse panels over there on the on the Patreon situation at our video show that uh, we do with Marco Andy at Black Sugar Trans Trans transmission uh, also he's been a regular on our panels it's really cool he's just finished up work on a kfd uh, kfdm album pretty cool uh, david bot has two Bruce Campbell, David Fisher, Jeremy French, Ryan Gavalier. He's also a con- uh, Contrarian's Patreon subscriber, and he started a YouTube channel called Ryan's Vinyl Destination. Darren Kasabowski, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, John Freem, Mr. Phelan, Steve Polari, Pure Source Massage, or The Infinite Within, Brian Sager, Andrew Smith, and Robert Yates. Thank you all very much. Uh, MartinPopoff.com for all your book needs. Uh, you can go ahead if you want. Uh, uh, if you want to go ahead and order the UFO visual biography and the Judas Priest visual biography, go ahead and do so. You can just PayPal me. The prices are the same as they are for all the other visual biographies. So depending on what territory you're in, just go go look at it there. Uh, so they aren't on my website yet, but I am getting them in about 10 days or so. Um, so yeah, if you want to go ahead and, and order any of those, uh, you can. I'm, I, as soon as I get off this, I'm going to go to my web guy and say, hey, can we, can we get these uh, put up? But uh, thanks again. And uh, like I said, say uh you know to to be to be true to what i was saying earlier your homework is, assignment is go play 220 volt mind over muscle find all of our shows notes social and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts all songs can be found for purchase on itunes spotify or google play please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology.